As mortgage interest rates have been increasing over recent months, the questions and the rules of thumb about how much to spend on a mortgage is popping up in our Facebook group. We get questions in the Instagram inbox. So if a few people are asking it, there are lots of people thinking about it. So today we're gonna just have a chat about how much to spend on your mortgage repayments and your house. I'm Glenn James, and this is my Millennial Daily. All right, we've had a question from Matt. Hey guys, I've always understood paying any more than 30% of your household's after-tax income to be classed as mortgage distress. However, my partner and I are looking to build our first home on the Gold Coast and we're finding it difficult to balance finishing the build and satisfying our mid to long-term needs of a growing family and staying below this 30% rule. Is 30% of our after-tax income still relevant for today's market with the growing cost of building? John, you've personally just completed a new build. Talk to us about what you've seen with your own clients that you're coaching, whether they're building an investment property or a, a home to live in and your own experience. We know there was a pinch through the COVID years with building materials. Conceptually, are the building costs starting to normalize or is it still tight out there? Yeah, good question. I was chatting to someone last week in the building game and, and Materials have definitely stabilised. It's uh, it's a new norm of pricing, I think now. Wow! Um, and, but trades, uh, getting trades are, are becoming easier, and builders are now starting to look for more work that they twelve months ago they may have had a good chunk booked up. Um, I'm finding that there's a there's a lot more builders looking and ready to go now. So yeah, definitely changed in, in that climate. We've had a lot of building companies that have gone under in Australia. Mm. Any quick tips of how to do some due diligence on uh, selecting a builder? Yeah, first thing I would do is go around and see or ask them what builds they've completed in the last two years, three years, four years. And if you even can talk to those owners um, about their personal experience, um, don't be shy in asking for financial statements or some evidence that they're in a good cash flow position and how they manage their finances. So yeah, they're probably two of the major ones. And look, online forums, they're going to be good, bad and ugly. So it's probably just talking to the source is your best option there. So going to Matt's question around this 30% rule, is that still a rule? Because I'm thinking of anyone listening who is a first home buyer, Mm. thinking about the current climate going, is that even achievable 30%? The way I kind of look at it, number one, the the rule of thumb, quote unquote, and rules of thumb are guides. There's no hard and fast rule of thumb, right? It's just, hey, as a general guide. Online, you look at a lot of uh, definitions of mortgage stress and mortgage distress. They reckon it is over 40% of your gross household income to the mortgage repayments. Now, I think it's annoying to do that because gross income is before tax and your mortgage repayments are after tax. So I'm pretty conservative with this number as a rule of thumb. I like to say 30% net household income. It's just got to be as as small as possible. I mean, the way I look at it, the percentage of mortgage repayment to income, the ideal number is 0%. So you own your house, you don't have a mortgage. So if we go, okay, well, if zero is perfect, we know 100% is a non-starter because we can't live off nothing. We need to have money left over to live. So if we know the general rule, 30 to 40% is considered mortgage stress, well, let's go in your own life. Okay. Maybe we go 30, 35% is our maximum. 25 is great. 
20% is amazing, 10% is euphoric. It, it's got to yeah. be as little as possible in your location and based on your income. Yeah, I think you've got to have a plan of attack. And, and I'm pretty loose with that 30% as well. I think it's a, a general guide, yeah, great. But if it starts at 40 depending on what's going on in your life, if you can handle that and you've got your emergency funds and you're still maybe saving some coin, then I, I don't have a problem with that. But you need a plan of attack to say, well, that 40 in five years' time is going to become 30, become 20, become 10. Like you said, we want it to be zero. So I think you've got to have a plan. And, and if you, it's all about values, isn't it? And saying, well, what do I most appreciate in life? And if that's the home that we live in and maybe bring our kids up in, and that's our highest value, then we're going to put maybe more emphasis on that. If it's a brand new Lexus, then we'll put emphasis on that. And the reason why you really want to keep it as low as possible is because if you don't, you'll end up in consumer debt because you'll need to pay for things that might not be luxuries, but more needs and necessities with credit cards, buy now, pay later. So you'll end up in a worse financial position overall. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the missing piece that is always missed in this discussion. We'll be right back after this. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So when we look at this scenario of how much income, household income, do we spend on mortgage repayments and rent repayments, I'm okay if you're in a bit of a position where you've got a, a bit of a target range of, look, it would be good to be around 30 or less, but I know over the next 12 months, I'm still finishing some training and it's going to be tight for a, a small period of time. We can handle a small period of time of a pinch, right? But it's just setting things up for the longer term. Now, Shell, the biggest missing piece of this equation, it's not the repayment ratio and trying to get the repayments lower. What are some other things that we can actually do to change this equation? Yeah, so the big one is get a pay rise, like increase your income, which everyone has the potential to do, but not everyone acts on it. So this is that idea of when did you last ask for a pay rise? Like when did you last talk to your boss or your manager about your earning potential? Because you may not even ask for a pay rise right now, but what you could say is, hey, what's the earning potential in this role and what things could I do in the next 12 months to actually increase that? So you could actually go do a graduate certificate at uni, tick a box for study and get a 5 to 10K pay rise. So without sounding like you're Joe Hockey with a cigar and being like, just get a better job if you want to buy a house... <laughs> You know, because there are legitimately people on income bands, right? And, yeah. And their direct manager might have no control. It then doesn't become a discussion about my job. It moves into a discussion about my career and long term. That's right. So let's say you're a nurse and you're on fixed bands and you cannot increase your income because that's just what the enterprise agreement says. Then we start to think about, well, what else could I do? 
well, actually I could go and study management and become a nurse unit manager and increase my income potentially by 10 grand. And in Sort Your Career Out, our new book, we have a case study from someone who did exactly that, Jade, in the book. Check it out. It's an amazing story. Yeah, some great points there, Shell. And I think it's it's really about a balance, isn't it? If if you enjoy what you do with your work, but you know there's a bit of mortgage creep going on there, then something's got to give, whether that's a change of income to, to a higher job, better industry or whatever, change of industry, then so be it. Uh, but yeah, you can't sometimes have all of it. But I will say as well, it's it's so circumstantial, like, and this is why you can't just look at a rule of thumb and apply it instantly. You've got to look at the details in your own life because what if you were living inside a capital city, for example, and your percentage payment was a little bit higher than the quote unquote rule of thumb, but you work from home. So there's no, you might only have one car in the household. You walk to work, you've got no car. Maybe your office provides lunch as part of an employee benefit. So it is just that spend as less as you can without going into consumer debt and making sure that your future financial goals have some type of runway to, to achieve that and not, quote unquote, eating your all your income. And I mean, eating as in consuming, whether it is on your home or mortgage repayments. We know there's a rental squeeze at the moment. And this is why we say, if it is a bit tough out there and it is a bit tight, it's not forever. And if you are up to that 40% at the moment, you just need to make sure that it isn't forever. I'm Glenn James, you're Shell, you're John, and this is My Millennial Daily. See you guys. My Millennial Daily is produced by My Millennial Money, also available on Spotify.